Are you looking to take your knowledge of faith to the next level? Oh, yeah! You've come to the right place. Welcome to Post-Christian Pastors, broadcasting from the Steel City, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The podcast hosted by four pastors as they discuss relationships, faith, pop culture, current issues, and much, much more. Hey everybody, how you doing out there? Welcome to a very special episode of Post-Christian Pastors. This is Mark Helsel, and I am not joined by my compadres today. They are uh, on assignment, should we say. But we uh, this is a special episode. It is backstage at the Ignition event in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is a See You at the Pole youth event. We've got some great guests lined up to talk to you. And this episode is just going to focus on uh, youth ministry and different things about that and also about our teens and our culture and things like that. So we have some great guests lined up. We have Red Letter Hymnal, the band. We have Jonathan uh, McKee. He's a uh, national speaker. And we have 321 Improv, who will be uh, stopping by. So it's going to be a great show live from Ignition. We are backstage at the Bible Chapel, so stick around. Don't go anywhere on this special edition, this special live backstage edition of Post-Christian Pastors. Don't go anywhere. Seize praise in every nation, every heart and every home. Lift your hands in adoration for the Lord is merciful. Jesus, the one salvation, hope, love, and liberation. He redeems the generations. Jesus, the saving one. We're back here on Post Christian Pastors, and uh, I am joined right now by three, two, one improv group. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. This is Carl and Mike and Jeremy. Right. And uh, where are you guys from, first of all? Uh, we live all over the place, so we kind of uh, just meet up. I live in Florida. You guys are kind of like gypsies that kind of yeah. meet up. We're, yeah. we're a lot <laughs> yeah, more like gypsies. Assuming we have yeah, a place, yes. A <laughs> lot more like gypsies I, than you believe. I, yeah. I asked the question, but I do know where, so tell, tell us uh, where. So Florida. Carl, where? I live in Florida. I'm, I'm Carl. Uh, I'm Jeremy, and I live in Oklahoma City. And by process of elimination, I'm Mike, uh, and I live in New Hampshire. Okay, so I'm sure they're really close to each other. Uh, yeah, 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 it's very. I'm sure people. This makes practice difficult, but I guess maybe you don't practice. But yeah, it's improv. So it's we don't improv. Have to worry about practicing, <laughs> so that's good. So, do we have a script for this yeah, show? Did, by, by the way, way yes. How's this going to work? <laughs> We're not good at just making it up as we go. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's right. So, give us our lines, and we'll be ready. Um, okay, here's a line. Um, <laughs> no, I won't do that. So, okay. no, well, you're on your own. <laughs> I'm on my own. Well, no, seriously, like you guys, you guys come together and you do events and different things. Is that difficult to come from three different states all over the United States? And nope, uh, they've got this modern invention. I don't know if you're aware of it called airplanes uh, that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> the internet with, without those would be very difficult. Uh, but with the airplanes, we're able to meet up pretty easily. Uh, but yeah, we travel full time all over the country, so nice. we meet up pretty much every week, go do some shows, and then head home to our families for a couple of days. If it's close, I take my stagecoach. That's fine. <laughs> or a lo- local tornado. You're from Oklahoma, right? Yeah, Oklahoma, you you're from on. Tornado Alley. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's just you like just a normal on. routine part of dinner, yeah. right? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, oh, the power went out and there's wind outside. Yeah, we, pa- pass uh, the potatoes and watch out for check the, the transportation <laughs> schedule, and you're good. <laughs> what time does it come through on Tuesday? 
<laughs> it is pretty regular occurrence, isn't it? Is. it? It's yeah. crazy. We got all sorts of uh, disasters there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You just including had a, Jeremy. You just had an earthquake. Yeah, we have more than California now. You had an earthquake <laughs> created by fracking. That's Supposedly, what they're saying. That's that's the rumor. <laughs> well, this segment has been brought to you by the Oklahoma Chamber of Commerce <laughs> and Tourism. So we, we're getting please visit. It's, it's lovely. It's this awesome. time of year. I'm gonna I'm Those gonna get earthquakes. We got it all. I'm gonna Come get a phone place. call from yeah. them saying, "Why are you running down our state?" Well, uh, tell us a little bit. How long you guys been doing improv together? Three, two, one has been around since 2004. Okay. And we've been doing and, uh, this segment about two and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and uh, this weekend we've been together since uh, fr- Friday. So a couple of days. Nice. Yeah. And what is it like? What is it like to uh, constantly have to get up on stage and and do improv? Like, you it's know, a whole lot better than constantly having to go into a cubicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. I can imagine. Yeah. I can and imagine. Uh, most it's of our true. shows don't happen uh, starting at nine o'clock in the morning, so that's also helpful. Also, yes. Plus. You yes. like to sleep there's in? A, yeah. There's yep. a lot of good parts to it. That's good. So, yeah. so you've done it since 2004, yeah. right? That's a long time. That's well, we yeah. haven't. He has. Okay. Right. Yes. You've yeah. done since two. Carl's the old one. Right. That's right. Carl's the old, <laughs> That's and right. the bald one. Yep. For veteran. Veteran. No, yeah. Veteran. Yeah. Veteran. Yeah. Seasoned. Yeah. Right. Veteran. Right. Yeah. That's right. But not like with seasoning. <laughs> right. not, Just, not with seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. I like seasoning. Yeah. What's your favorite? I don't mind it. Uh, Jerk, J- jerk yeah, seasoning. Yeah, that's just because I spent so much time around Jeremy. But <laughs> yeah, that's totally that's different the, yeah, story. That's fair. It's a different deal. Montreal steak. Yeah, you ever heard of that one? Oh yeah, that's a good oh, one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So, uh, so what? Is, so you've been doing improv this long. So you, I guarantee you, like yeah. you've had everything happen on stage, imaginable. What is the wackiest thing that ever happened, either on stage that you guys did, or that happened uh, from the audience? Well, we always get nervous when people approach the stage because we talk to people, <laughs> but we are we talk to them while they're in the crowd. We interact right. with them. We ask them questions. We never bring people out. up to participate in right. the games with us. We okay. don't bring Too them risky. on the stage. We can't control what they say. No. Yeah, but sometimes they'll get up out of their seat and they want to make sure that their suggestion gets heard. So they'll walk right down to the stage. And at that point, we don't know what they're going to do. Right. They get a little bit scared that they're going to rush the stage or you know do something crazy. So that makes us a little bit nervous. And we usually call those people out. Um, we've been... A, We've been on stage where we're opening for bands, and if somebody approaches the stage like that, we grab a CD that's laying around on the stage and Throw give away it. free band stuff oh, nice. to the guy Just to get him to go back to his seat. Yeah, we're like, here so you go. So you give away the band so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not, we're not giving away our own. Yeah. <laughs> you got to buy our stuff. But we're fine giving away the band stuff. I like it. Yeah. Sometimes we even create nice sales out in the lobby nice. where uh, if you buy two things of ours, you get one thing from the band for free. Mm-hmm. Nice. They, I like it. Bands love these ideas. Yes. I'm sure you've made lots yeah. of friends. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A lot really does matter about what the event is doing kind of before and after us and we always dread right before us some pastors maybe doing a prayer or there's some uh, speaker doing a segment about something very serious and sad yeah. like you know orphans in Africa you know maybe yeah. a great cause yeah. but then you know you pray you have a prayer right. you maybe have an altar call and everyone's crying please welcome 321 Improv up <laughs> yeah. to the stage those transitions are all awkward transition can't, can't recover from that more times than yeah. we'd like really yeah those happen yeah. all the time people yeah. just uh, we call it stepping on the moment like yeah. they just don't oh, realize yeah. that what's coming up is yeah and they just crush your that moment a great yep. phrase right before you get accurately oh. describes what yeah. happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> so happy good friday we watched that uh scene from the passion of the christ and now here comes three two one improv everybody <laughs> they're gonna make you laugh yeah. and we look at that and go really nobody thought this would be a problem yeah you know i saw passion of the christ when yeah. i got a tangent yeah i saw passion of the christ with about 150 high school kids and i just feel really <laughs> awkward about eating popcorn and drinking <laughs> coke while you're, no. yeah. while you're yeah, watching the crucifixion yeah, yeah. Roman heathen, to, that's what they did <laughs> 
That's not good. It just it felt a little awkward again. Yeah. That and was the stepping popcorn, on the moment. And the popcorn you're eating right now, if you could pass that over, that'd be awesome. Yes. We'd appreciate oh, really? sharing. I'm not eating be good. popcorn, man. Yeah, yeah, sure. I am not. All right. So uh, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? What do you like? Uh, what do you think about being in Pittsburgh? Uh, we like Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, we have not made it yet to Permani Brothers, but okay. that's part of the plan. That's always that, part of the plan. That can be taken care of. Yeah, we want to make that happen. Well, let me say this. You have to go to the original one. Yes. You have down to go the down in the strip. Yeah, and yeah. The, it's called the strip. Yeah, okay, it's not, the strip. Okay. It's not any... Uh, yeah. Now we know the local term. It's not yeah, a crazy yeah. thing. It's yeah. called the strip. Now I've you been, fit right I've been in. I that one. I love that one. Well, actually, yeah. if you're local, you don't say the strip. You wouldn't say... You wouldn't be down there and just go... Uh, where's the strip? You don't want to say that because then everybody knows you're not a local. Right. First of all, you'd have to have some sort of a Pittsburgh accent. Yes. Thrown like, in Yins, there. how Yins doing? Or, you <laughs> yeah. know, like that. You yeah. have to say the word Yins. Yeah. Uh, right. Red up your room. Yeah. You can have a you burger and at. Red up burger and at. Yeah. You can say an at. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to make sure you get the coleslaw on the sandwich. Yes. Don't ask for it off. No. Especially if you're downtown in the strip. So they spit in right. your food. No. Yeah. They, yeah. They will beat you up too. And I oh. feel like the, I mean, it's it, worse. The other locations are nice, but they're just, they're too clean and neat the yeah. original one is like you feel yeah. it's a little more it's a little more attitude the first time it. i went to the like original was at three o'clock in the morning too. oh nice so it was like you're hungry you're sitting around with your college friends you're like hey let's go get a permani sandwich yeah and head out so make sure you get that and it's, they're good any time of day you can get the cheese steak which is number two seller number oh. two what's number one ah everybody asks <laughs> it is iron city beer ah Oh, yep. Iron go. City beer is number one. And what do you the, sa- the beer sandwich, made here in Pittsburgh? The sandwich with the fries and the coleslaw on it is that just the original or what does that have? A well, name the original is the cheese steak. It's the it's called the it's called the Pittsburgher. Oh, okay. that's the that's the that's the cheese steak. And then you can get different sandwiches with it. All comes with fries, coleslaw, but you can get yeah. like Capicola okay. or you get you can get Angus. Steak. And now they, aren't they the place with the Roethlisberger now too? No, that's Peppy's. Oh, that's somewhere else. Yeah, you can try okay. that. While you have I've heard about that. I haven't had that well, one. Unfortunately, our time's coming to. <laughs> Close. We have to go eat. We're time for lunch. Yeah. Quick, take another Are break. Are you even going to make it? To, we might I don't skip know. the show. I think you yeah. skip the show and skip go. Skip the show and go straight to Permanent Brothers. But you're on the right. south side of Pittsburgh. It's going to take you forever to get downtown. Huh. We have a bridge closed around here that's screwing everything well, up. We'll nice. Yeah, yeah we, it's in yeah. the land of bridges. So. It's worth it. We'll swim for it. So, is there a river underneath? Yeah. I don't even know. But so, then after we eat the sandwich, then we got to wait 30 minutes before we can swim again to get oh, back. Yes. That's true. So that's going to be difficult. It's it's be might as well eat a sandwich in the meantime. We're all about safety. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> okay, so let me ask you guys, and maybe you could go around. How did each of you get into improv? How did that happen? Did you have a theater background? Was it something that you... Mm-hmm. did? You Were you in ministry somewhere? Craigslist you ad. Mostly. I don't want to ruin the segment, but these are going to be really boring answers. <laughs> that's all right. You can. I can edit everything. I started into an improv at my church a long time ago. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, we started a group and things got carried away and off we went. And then... Mine's boring, too. I'll go next. Uh, basically, uh, Carl sent an email out to a couple local Christian college theater departments to see who could maybe do this job. And one of those made its way to me and sat in my inbox for a while like, this is a scam. This is not real. <laughs> uh, it's like publishers clearing. And then I got desperate the- for a job. So I, whatever, I'll risk it. And here I am. Nice. Not a scam. And how mostly. many, how many years you have you been with the group? Uh, five, over five years now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's mostly not a scam. That's, that's <laughs> Some a of it. Commercial. Still waiting for my first paycheck, but... <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one, improv comedy. Mostly not a scam. Mo- yeah. That's a good promo. Yeah. I like that promo. We need slogan. to use that. Yeah. It's a good slogan. That's good. It's a tagline, like, yeah. make America great again. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Mostly not a scam. <laughs> mostly make America great again. It's good. Uh, All right. So, yeah. So I, I did a lot of theater and things in high school. I was in a... In college, I was in a traveling skit group for a while, but after college, uh, I was in a cubicle. 
Um, nice. Pretty exciting job. Yeah, Carl rescued you out of the cubicle. Yeah, I was I was working uh, fixing hard drives, doing a call center work kind of stuff, and I had been telling my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and I was telling her how I really miss performing, really miss uh, being on stage, doing that kind of thing. I wasn't looking for it, but I was just like being like, oh man, this is kind of a bummer. Uh, just out of out of the blue, uh, like two days later, uh, I get a phone call from Carl. Who needed his hard drive fixed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, no. Not but, really. uh, it, that part's a scam. Yeah. So, and it turns out some sometime in the past, uh, Carl was sending out word to people he knows saying, hey, do you know anybody that can do this? And a mutual friend of ours, somebody that I knew that knew him, recommended me uh, Without my knowledge. That person's and, no longer a friend. Yeah, no longer a friend. <laughs> um, but just, and so Carl called me. And uh, it was too much of a coincidence to not be from God. You know, it, right. it was just like, I wasn't looking for it. I was stuck in a call center and I didn't I didn't like it. And then out of nowhere, I get this call uh, asking if I want to come do improv. So, and I had never done improv uh, in the past. I was mostly theater and skits and things like that stuff that was written. So it was totally right. just a God thing out of nowhere. And that's how it works. I mean, God knows everyone, obviously. So he's the best networker. You know, right. you get in with God and, and uh, he, he can hook you up with whoever he wants you to do business with. So kind of works that way. Just a lot of prayer. And I love those stories of how, like we, you know, when we're looking for somebody, it's such a unique job, you know, to find somebody who's interested in doing ministry, performing on stage, traveling full time. Uh, so it's a pretty unique spot. And uh, so, yeah, we just start praying and letting our friends know that we're looking for somebody that, that can do this kind of job. And, you know, God's, God's faithful and brings us the right people at the right times. So it's pretty yeah. cool. Now your job is to make people laugh. Right. So I like, know, to, and, I like to think of help people laugh. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> Making That's people right. laugh Making seems that. so We're aggressive. Awesome. It's right. a little uh, That is one of our favorite arm. introductions, though. We were at a school one yes. time, and uh, this girl introduced us like that. Please, we were very monotone. Please welcome 321 Improv. They are here to make you laugh. <laughs> And then, and then like, there was no like period. There. It was like they're here to make you laugh. <laughs> and, and then it was going. just a, and then whoa, she walked wrong. away. Okay, yeah. so what was the next That's line? Fantastic. Come on, what was the next line? What did you say? I have no idea. Did you have a great line I, after that? No, I mean, doubtful. There's no, very doubtful. little recovery from that. You just uh, go, hey, hey, hi. Hey, it was hey, like, buddy. wow, you know, that's some, some kind of pressure. A challenge. Like, all right, make me laugh. Yeah. Go for it. Or, so, yes, or how saying. about when somebody introduced you, like, this is three, two, one, improv. They are the funniest people in the world. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's no. It's like extra pressure. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so you, you, you want to help people laugh. Sure, sure, yeah. So how do you, um, this is your ministry, so tell, yeah. tell us about how you see that as a ministry. Like, uh, what part do you feel like you play well, I've, I've in the kingdom? Thought, I think, you know, laughter is so, uh, you know, people say laughter is good medicine, and it's just such a, um, you know, it's something that everybody enjoys. Uh, and so I think when I started doing improv a long time ago, I had a friend of mine came to a show one time and said, it was a good show, but I probably wouldn't come back. And I said, why is that? And she said, well, there was no mention of Jesus. And I hadn't really thought about it before that, thinking about it kind of being a ministry. At that point, it was uh, something that I did for fun. Right. And so I, you know, that kind of you know, prompted some thoughts in my head and started having that ongoing conversation with God about, is this really a ministry and how would that actually work? And then over the years, uh, you know, at that point, I started uh, talking more about uh, the impact that God can have on our life. You know, we, talk about, we talk now about a message of uh, true joy in a relationship with Jesus versus temporary happiness right. that comes from things of this world. Yeah. And so we talk about that a lot. And uh, after doing that, you know, you just, we, we get to have lots of great conversations with people that will say, you know, I've had something bad happen in my life or I've had a difficult year or a difficult week and I just needed to laugh. And right. so 
Uh, we know that those people are always there at the shows that we're doing. Sometimes we get to meet them after the show. Yeah. Sometimes we don't. Yeah. And we just trust that uh, that God is able to use what we do to minister to that person. Uh, but it's just kind of a, a, a fun opportunity to get to interact with people in that way. You know, we, we interact with people, you know, they're in the crowd. We're talking to them. People that are in the crowd become part of the show, um, you know, just through the ideas that they bring up and the things that happen yeah. during the show. And so it's just a, it's a great interactive kind of thing. And I think the improv that we do is so much more relational uh, because the lines between the people in the audience and the people on stage get blurred uh, where we're kind of all in this together just having fun yeah. and so I think that laughter I think God uses that laughter to really open people's hearts up and bring us together in a way that we wouldn't if we were just all sitting around talking to each other I like to see it as a kind of uh, softening the soil of people's hearts you know right. people come in from really bad weeks and and oh, yeah. we we consider ourselves fortunate I think maybe we take it for granted we get to laugh a lot yeah. you know and but a lot of people day in day out they don't they can go weeks, months without actually yeah. laughing. We get a lot of people that come up and say, I haven't laughed like that in, in years. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. And we're like, and, years, really? That's and so we, we take that for granted, but then we realize that I, I think, you know, if, if you want to go to an evening with like deep theological truths, maybe maybe not our show. Maybe, maybe that's not what you're <laughs> you looking for. You and John MacArthur yeah, are going to drop after you. Um, <laughs> but uh, it works really well with an event, um, especially when, when we can just kind of, you know, God uses our show to help soften people's mm-hmm. hearts and uh, whether they're saved or whether or not save wh- right. whatever they're there for um, and and often if there's a band or a speaker who then can kind of plant that seed and now soft right. ready to go soil then I, I think that uh, we see a lot of that and now, even at like outreach events that we do we hear that you know we share that message of happiness versus true joy and it's a great conversation starter if you bring a friend with you to the show right. uh, that's not a churchgoer that's not a believer it's a great opportunity then to start a conversation with them uh, from you know use that as the starting point so yeah because it's not overbearing it's just right. it's, yeah. it's a little mention of, of that here and there and, uh, and a little discussion about it and so that prompts them Mm -hmm. now tonight now tonight you're performing in front of uh probably about 700 800 teenagers yeah yeah. uh tell us about that most people who are adults they (laughs) a lot of them don't like being around teenagers so what what do you like (laughs) what do you like uh i was a youth pastor for 20 years so i enjoy them but what is it what is it what do you like about having a teenage audience what what is it about them Probably the energy I would get. Oh, I mean, yeah. The energy and the creativity. We, I mean, they we come are, up with the craziest suggestions. They're yeah. random. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what we're looking for. When we're looking for suggestions, we want the creative stuff. We want the random stuff. The, the normal stuff, you know, it gets a little bit boring or predictable. Because uh, it's fun for us, too, to not know what's going on. Yeah. And when, when we're challenged with random things that they come up with, then it's fun for us as well. And we're not afraid to. If something comes up from a you know, suggestion that we don't really know what it is or know anything about, we're not afraid to just ask, you know, okay, let's talk about that and, you know, find out you know, what that means or what that is and right. incorporate it in the show. So I think, uh, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's fun. The, the energy is great. Um, you know, we do we do shows for all ages, all different kinds of audiences, yeah. um, and so it's it's just I think I like the variety, I like the difference. You go into a an audience of students like tonight, and the suggestions will be very different than they are when you know a couple of nights ago we were in front of a bunch of adults uh, at, a, at a night at a church. Yeah, um, just they're thinking about different things. So it's you know it's a great variety, it's good energy, it's a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, we encourage an audience to not just be creative with their suggestions, but also be weird to go a step beyond and just be weird. Yes, weird and kids, good. kids yeah. are right there. Kids are like, all right, I'm weird. You know, we ask kids, kids weird. Kids are always right there. And adults, adults honestly are just as weird, but they don't. They're not as they're not readily, as coming. Yeah, yeah. admitting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And so that's the great thing about. Well, about they students. just have more filters. Yes, yes. adults have. You got to crack yep. through those. Yes, you got to crack through the filters. So now I got to ask you this: so you, you you perform in a lot of churches, right? We do yeah. 
Okay, so who's your best audience? Is it Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, <laughs> uh, Lutherans? It's college students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't again, matter. It doesn't that, matter what denomination. Again, that perfect mix of creativity and spare time and go. life experience. Yeah, a little it's bit like, more refined sense of humor, yeah. too. Yep, yeah. they have a little more life experience than the high school student, but they're not as reserved as the adults. Yes. And they, you know, yeah. they're definitely it's a weird. mix. Yeah. So, so you those, do some Christian colleges, you do some yep, things like that. Awesome. Yeah, we do some of those. And then, uh, you know, in women's events, women's events are great. You talked about filters. When you put a whole bunch of women together in a room, they turn the filters off. Yes, goodbye filters. And they just, yeah, they just have fun. Um, you and know, they we, cackle. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Once it gets going. Yeah, those Once are, it gets going, they those start are a lot of fun. I think they're laughing and, at us a whole lot yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. And we're good with that, too. a whole group of women, they want to laugh at yeah, you. Yeah, so. yeah, we're totally fine with that, too. That's yeah. very good. Well, hey, this is 321 Improv. Hey, thanks for stopping by here on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very it much. is Carl, Jeremy, and Mike. And uh, tell the audience listening out there where they can find you. Uh, are you on Facebook, yep. Instagram, three two, whatever? 321improv.com and on all the social media platforms, it's at 321improv. Okay, and you have stuff yeah. on merchandise on there they can pick up. We do. We have a store at the website. We have videos on YouTube. Um, and we're also on social media. Very cool. with people. So, Look yeah. these guys. You won't be disappointed. So thanks for awesome. joining us here. Thank you very much. Ignition. We'll be back in a moment. And next time, if we don't have to walk quite so far to get to the table, because the green room is right across the room. So if you get a little bit closer okay so that we don't have to make we'll it that'd be great thank you thanks carl appreciate it bye-bye like a sky without stars like a song without a listener like a diamond in the dark like no photograph to miss her oh i'd wander incomplete you're my life my heart beats with you with you when my life has fogged the glass you're the warmth that makes it pass The clarity that makes me see All the things that life can be I'm like a sky without stars Like a song without a listener Like a diamond in the dark Back here on Post-Christian Pastors And uh, that was a great interview with um, 321 Improv And now I am joined by Jonathan McKee himself How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great. Jonathan hails to us from Sacramento, California. I mean, that's a long way to come to Pittsburgh, but we're glad you're here. Uh, Jonathan is a national youth speaker, and uh, he's also written over 20 books. And um, and so, you're, dude, you're killing it. You're killing it, man. Just well, out there. I, I don't know about that, but I'm, I'm having a good time. <laughs> having a good time. And uh, uh, your latest book, which, which uh, is called 52 Ways to connect with your smartphone obsessed kid do you have a smartphone obsessed kid <laughs> i have three kids you have and three yeah, kids and so and anybody who has kids that are in their teen years or even later actually we're probably smartphone obsessed adults don't you think yeah yeah, yeah. i am looking at this on a smartphone it's right kind of now. ironic <laughs> yes, yes it is ironic that i'm looking at that. i also love you have a book called the zombie apocalypse survival guide for teenagers yes i yes, love it i love zombies true. Good. So we're going to have a great conversation. I like my smartphone, and I like zombies. Man, I, it, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> so let's talk about this. Let's talk about, so you're speaking here, you're speaking here tonight uh-huh. to about seven, 800 uh, high school, middle school kids. You're probably pretty pumped up for that, ready to I'm go. Ex- I'm excited. Ready, excited. Okay. So tell me about, so you've been, how, how long have you been a speaker? How long have you been doing this? Um, you know, I, I started ministry about 25 years ago and started working with unchurched teens on campus. So that was kind of a, it was one of those things where when you stand up 
you know, in a gym full of middle school kids who don't want to hear a speaker, yeah. um, you learn quickly, really, like, okay, they're bored. <laughs> they're throwing things at me. Uh, and I, this I, was 25 years yeah, ago, so I they weren't smartphone obsessed then. No, so. they were like pager obsessed pa- kids <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> they're like, yo, check out my blue pager. They're throwing pagers you know? at you. Yeah, exactly. It's like, but uh, but no, it, it, so, you know, that was kind of a fun training ground for speaking. And, and uh, youth ministry was in youth ministry a decade with Youth for Christ, and then we actually started a nonprofit called the Source for Youth Ministry. Yeah, we're doing a bunch of tra- training and um, and going and speaking to school assemblies, and now and and that's kind of actually transitioned now to where a lot of what I do is go and uh, talk with parents because uh, I think youth ministry is kind of starting to really. I'd say even if I may be as bold to say, wake up to the fact that hey, you know what? It's important that we help parents out. Yeah, hey, let's let's partner with parents, which is a good thing. It's something that like Jim Burns right. has been talking about for yeah, decades. That's true. But, but but and finally, somebody's like, hey, maybe Jim's right. Yeah. And uh, and and I'm seeing a lot of youth ministries saying, hey, you know what? Let's do what we can to be a resource for parents because parents are struggling out there with all this technology that's so new. Right. I mean, there's a lot of the same issues going on in parenting, but it's just. It's magnified now because since 2012, now America has crossed this 50% mark of, of smartphone ownership. Yeah. And currently, 12 through 17-year-olds, we've got like over 80% of them got one of these devices that they're carrying around with them all the time. So that means they have access to, name it, you know, Netflix, Google, you, whatever, in their pocket at right. all times. And a lot of parents are just having trouble getting kids to pry their eyes from their devices and actually engage in conversation. Right. And um, so it's kind of fun going around and giving parents some tools to connect with their kids, giving youth workers tools to connect with kids, um, other than saying, hey, put that stupid phone away, <laughs> but how to look for some <laughs> venues where you actually kind of you know, create you know, avenues of conversation. Right. Now, you and I, it sounds like from your introduction there, that you and I have pretty much started, we started youth ministry pretty much the same time I started in 1991 doing youth ministry. You're still doing it. I'm not, I'm not still doing it. I miss it at times, but, but uh, how have you seen, like I saw, I saw in the later years of me doing youth ministry, I I stopped in 2009. Okay. um, uh, And I was just at kind of the, the, the smartphone thing hadn't really hit yet, but Facebook was pretty new. I did most yeah. of my most of my ministry pre Facebook. Wow. And, uh, so what about MySpace? You probably were doing the MySpace yeah. I did have page. a MySpace page. I have to admit. There you go. So, what have you seen as the biggest shift with teenagers when it comes to how, how smartphones have affected them or technology have has affected them? Well, you know, it, there's a lot of different areas. I mean, self-esteem is is obviously always been a huge thing with young people. Right. I mean, when you and I were teenagers, you know, uh, you know, us and 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 our girlfriends, you mm-hmm. know, probably were struggling with it. But now, it's magnified because when you and I, you know, uh, went to school at two thirty-five, the bell would ring, yep. and we'd go home, and it was kind of over at least for another, you know, twelve yeah, hours or off. you know, eighteen yeah. hours. Um, and these kids enter a whole new world where um, they have to measure up. And, and, and it's funny how fast things change. I mean, like, for example, right now, as we're speaking, it's 2016. Um, you know, five years ago, if I would have said the word selfie in this interview, you would have said, what? What's that? Because yeah. there, was, there, there wasn't really selfie. I mean, it wasn't. It, it wasn't even made popular till a couple years ago when the big old Oscar selfie happened. That's when all of a sudden it became on the map for adults. Right. So teenagers have been doing it for a little bit, you know? Yeah, Ellen and, and, put it on the map. Yeah, she, she definitely did. And, uh, and, and, but now, I mean, your average millennial takes um, nine selfies a week, spending an average of about nine to 10 minutes on each one. So that comes to like, you know, 
54 hours of selfies a year. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it adds up for a long, you know, and so by the time, I mean, if this keeps going on, they're going to have 25,000 selfies in their lifetime. That's a lot of trying to measure up, um, you know, a lot of, time of perfecting to their image of what you know this perceived what i right, should their look brand like. so it is funny how just like a small like that's just one aspect that's just one little thing that's and, and and again i'm not this smartphones are evil they're bad we need to take <laughs> them away it, it's right. not I, I it's i think these are great tools um especially for connecting with people outside the room i think what what's kind of sad is when it becomes um you know uh, when it interferes with our relationships with people inside the room right when it um becomes a distraction when we're alone in a room and we're um you know uh, you know journal pediatrics um, most experts out there recommend that you know parents don't let their kids have devices internet connected devices in their bedrooms right I don't know a lot of parents that are standing outside their kids' bedrooms with a bucket saying, please deposit your phone here in the bucket. Before. Right. So most young people have got these devices in their rooms and who knows what they're watching. And, and right. you know, I mean, how many parents right now, it's like, no, are my kids watching this new show on Netflix, Easy, which is all about sex and right. this kind of stuff. And, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm not down on sex. I think sex is actually a really right. cool thing. But, you know, what messages are they gleaning from this? And right. those same parents very often are like, oh, my kids aren't thinking about it. And they're not even having these conversations. And so I find when I'm talking with parents, I'm like, hey, guess what? Do you want your kids to hear about sex from easy or from you? Right. You know, so, so we got to start having conversations uh, because they have access to so much information from 2008 till now. Um, we're all across, all of us, adults and young people, we're processing four times the amount of information that we were processing back just in 2008. Because wow. we've constantly got stuff scrolling by, stuff, you know, feeds, everything. Right. And there's so much. Um, by that, the way, I hate the scrollers on the TV, uh, on the news. It's I like, know. can't we just stop? Like, why do we have to scroll everything? Just show me the score to my Broncos game. <laughs> I don't care about these Steelers. Are you a Broncos fan? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, come on. Now you're, start, now you're talking blasphemy, That's all right? That's right. We've had a few Broncos fans on. Dave Runyon was from uh, yeah. Denver. He, he, uh, he came on and talked about his Broncos. Broncos, so you're not the first. Greg, Greg Steer will talk about his Broncos. Yeah. Know? Hey, it's the Lord's team. <laughs> yeah. We had Tim Tebow. You Come did. On. So it is. So we had <laughs> the you. last uh, the last episode, we had the guy on who wrote all the books with uh, Tim Tebow and Tony, oh, awesome. Tony Dungy. So uh, he's a friend of mine. He wrote their books. So we talked about Tim on the last one. So you know, Tim and God's Tony quarterback. Are both the real thing. The God's so. quarterback and God's coach. Oh, that's awesome. Man. Y- you know what I noticed, and I even noticed as a pastor now with the teenagers in my church, is it just it seems like they're really struggling to be present with anyone because they're they're everywhere instead of one place they're everywhere and it's just really it's kind of disconcerting at times it's like and i have to watch it too in my own life because i could you know stare at my phone all day too yeah and then to be present with people and to be to pay attention to people well i Uh, I think you're hitting the nail on the head i I, if, if there was probably even one word if you said describe this generation of young people in one word, the word I might even use is distracted. Yeah. Um, and, but before we all start saying kids these days, right. Um, it's adults. Th- you know, actually, when you look at the numbers, um, most adults spend more time on entertainment, media and technology than young people. Wow. Uh, and, and I mean, just to throw an example out there, uh, common sense media did a, a survey asking teens and tweens how much time they spend on their devices, entertainment, media and devices. So they added up, cell phone, TV, you know, music, all of it. When you add it all up, um, tweens, it was almost six hours. It's just like five minutes under six hours a day when you add up yeah. TV, video games, phone, everything. 
for teenagers, it was actually eight hours, 55 minutes a day. So almost nine hours a day. And so people are like, what? Um, most reports tracking how much time adults spend on entertainment media, the numbers come in well over nine hours. Uh, Nielsen had a report where it's nine hours, 48 minutes a day. And that's one of the more conservative ones. There's other reports out there that show 10, 12. Um, and, and it's just a fact. Uh, adults spend a lot more time watching TV than right. teenagers. Right. And so when you add it all up, you're sitting there going, okay, what we've really got here is we've got a very distracted, over-connected generation of adults who really in their hearts and minds want to connect with a distracted generation of over-connected young people. Right. And a lot of them are trying to figure it out right now. And that's, and that's one of the things I'm doing a lot of is I'm trying to talk to people about that whole subject of how do you connect with, you know, right with, with these people. So that's, that's kind of, so, so in the book, 52 ways to connect with your smartphone obsessed kid, how yeah. to engage with them. Give us a couple of practical uh, things from the book uh, yeah, that yeah. you can do as a parent listening to this yeah. to connect to connect with their teenager. No, absolutely. I, and, and of course, the goal here is to not walk in the room and say, hey, would you put that stupid thing away? <laughs> right. As a matter of fact, I'll start with Let's one. Let's connect. That, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll start with one that actually involves technology. Um, and one of the most successful methods I had with my son was simply, ready, two-player mode. Yeah, how, right. how genius, right? <laughs> but what it is, is, instead of, we as parents so often, I mean, when, when it comes to parenting, there's, there's bonding and there's boundaries. And bonding is hanging out with our kids, rolling on the floor with our kids, hanging out, you know. Um, boundaries is, is, is telling our you know, kids, you know, sorry, you got to go to bed at this time. And you have to, uh, at, you know, uh, no, you can't have your phone in your room. That, that's boundaries. We're bonding right. is hanging out with your kid. Um, the funny thing is, uh, our tendency as parents sometimes is, well, how many hours a day should I let my kids play video games? How many, you know, and, and I did this, my, my son, who was my oldest, it was very often, are, are, you, are you at your hour? So I'd walk in the room very often, did you hit your hour yet? You know, and I became that drill sergeant parent all the right. time. And, and the crazy thing was, the times when I walked into the room and said, hey man, cool sword. You know, what, how'd you get that? Wait, yeah. show me how, let me, you know, and I would sit down and play with him. Right he would start talking and we would just connect. And some of the best conversations we had was when the two of us were sitting down slashing his cool sword and, and him making fun of me <laughs> right. because I do not know how to use an Xbox controller. And, and it's, there's too many buttons. There's two. You, you remember growing up, but when we were up, there's yeah. one button and a stick and a stick. Yeah. I can blow away asteroids all night long, there but, you, you go. but you get me to try to use one of those little dudes and get, I just, I, it does a cockpit too many of options. Right. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot do that. I cannot use that thing, but it was funny cause I just connected with him. And so that was right. using technology. Now uh, on the totally opposite side, um, that, you know, so that's the time sometimes I tell parents, you know, Hey, uh, sometimes we should suppress if all we are is that drill sergeant parent. I'm not saying let your kids do whatever they want, but I'm saying if all we are is that drill sergeant parent that's just, would you put that stupid thing away or would you stop playing those games? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're losing on this amazing opportunity we have to just to, to sit down and, and bond with our kids. It's an important part of parenting that we should do. Now, now it's funny though, sometimes boundaries some realistic fair boundaries can create bonding molds. An example would be most experts out there right now are saying look for no tech zones in, in your home and in mm -hmm. your world because a lot of people are starting to see 
that maybe this technology is just a little too much right now. We need, right. we need some limits. We need some, you know, you buy a new car right now, the steering wheel is going to have new buttons on there that are new ways of how you can hit it with your thumb and talk so we don't die as we're holding our phone in our hand right. and, and running over people, you know? So, so we're just still figuring this stuff out. But one thing people are figuring out is maybe this is too much. Well, a, so the a, pendulum might be swinging back. It might. I hope so. And, 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 a, and these no tech zones, here's, here's a great one. In our home, what if you came up with a simple one, which a lot of families do anyway, no tech at the table. Right. And that is when it comes to family dinner, guess what? Mom and dad don't bring your phones either. You right. know, I, don't, you know, I need that office call. You know, what, what are we telling our kids? Most studies out there in the laboratory and every, are showing that if we put a phone on the table, just the mere presence of a phone on the table is communicating to our spouse, to our kids, this is more important than you. And mm. to say, sorry, you know, guess what? Dinner's gonna be sacred in our home. No tech right. at the table. And we model that, our kids do it. And our kids are gonna experience that. My kids actually had friends that would come over and my kids would be like, oh, no tech at the table. And they'd be like, what? And they'd kind of explain to me, like, oh, okay. And none of their friends were like, what? No, forget it, I'm going to Taco Bell. You know, they were like, oh, okay. Right. And my kids' friends to this day, were, literally my my daughter Alyssa her friend Mel said when my kids grow up we're going to have no tech at the table just like that because I want to be able to have those fun conversations like your family it's the only compliment I've ever got in my life but it was it was kind of a cool thing I was just like oh my gosh that's yeah. so cool because it's just we talk we laugh we have fun around the dinner table and it's funny how something like a boundary can create bonding moments like that right so that's the book's got just tons of ideas like that how can we find these arenas of communication in daily life where we aren't telling our kids necessarily always, you know, put that thing away, but um, where we can sometimes have a realistic boundary or sometimes we just look for these moments where our kids, where just conversation opens up. Good stuff, man. Yeah, Good stuff. Fun. fun stuff. Now, let me ask you one more question before sure. we, and then we got to go. And uh, I want to ask you, like, you, you work with teenagers all the time and, and, you know, teenagers often in our culture get a bad rap and have, you know, forever. But what is something you're really excited about, about the teenagers in this culture right now? Um, one thing that most studies are showing about this younger generation is they really care. Um, they have grown up seeing the celebrities they like, which maybe we don't even agree with, but all support a cause. And they've grown up just knowing that, you know, oh, okay, that's, that's what you do, you know. And it's interesting, this generation, more than past generations, really um, wants to make an impact and wants right. to make a difference, and it's it's amazing. And my kids, my my own kids are, are nine, you know, nineteen, twenty one, and twenty three. And my nineteen year old just, you know, after her first year of college, she came back. She's got an internship for uh, a ministry and was serving. She was just so like, I want to do something. You know, I want to do something to make a difference. And it's, it's funny to see that lived out in young people today. And I think we as youth workers, we as parents, we as caring adult mentors. Um, can look at that and and man if we can provide opportunities for young people to serve and get their hands dirty and 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 honestly just serve and 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 you know serve like jesus did mm -hmm. and get a taste of what that's like um i think it makes an incredible impact and we have an awesome opportunity to do that with this generation cool stuff that's yeah. jonathan mckee thanks for stopping by on the podcast uh tell the folks listening out there where they can find stuff from you uh books are on amazon yeah uh where else do you have a website yeah if, if you're a parent jump on the source for parents.com that's the source number four parents.com and if you're a youth worker the source number four <laughs> ym.com or just google jonathan mckee and you'll probably find too many places to <laughs> too many on. places to find you yeah. 
Very cool, man. Thanks for stopping by here on the podcast. And uh, we'll be back in a few moments. Thanks so much. All right, we are backstage here at Ignition, and uh, joining the podcast right now, finally, is Red Letter Hymnal. Hi, guys. Hey, greetings. Hello. So, uh, Red Letter Hymnal is the uh, the band for this evening. Uh, why don't you guys go around and just quickly uh, introduce yourselves if you're able? So, let's start over here. I'm Nick. All right, Nick. What do you play? Come on. I drum. He drums. Yeah. Little drummer boy. That's me. All right, go ahead. I'm Kevin, and I play the piano and guitar. Oh, the guitar. All right, Kevin. And the, mal- the most outspoken person in the band who's standing 10 feet away, away from the microphone. I'm Jared. I play bass and rap. <laughs> yeah, you just you, you got rap written all over you. Yeah, you wrap up sandwiches, maybe. Yeah. All right, go ahead. I'm um, Spencer. I play guitar. And Spencer actually did rap tonight. So Yes, yes, I did. And so Jared took all the credit. Jared took all the credit. <laughs> Jared lip synced behind you, yeah. so everybody oh, thought know. it was Jared. All right, and finally, we have the lead singer. Yes, I'm Brad, <laughs> and I sing. <laughs> all right, well, let's talk a little bit about Red Letter Hymnal. Okay, so you guys are, um, what type of music? EDM, all right, right? Kind of like what a EDM DJ would do if it were mixed with a worship band. Okay. So it's kind of worship music meets DJ. So you're a mashup. So I'd, I'd say, what what would you say, Nick? I, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> he concurs. I would defer to your electronic expertise here. Yeah. You guys that. are it's, such it's fun. Like you praise and worship. You, you're praising the Lord at Lollapalooza. Ah, it's okay. essentially what we're, we're after. You guys are such as conversationalists. <laughs> yeah, you like that? See, I like to, to, to give you a location to really take you there. Especially this side of the table. You guys are so <laughs> outspoken. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the good thing is you can edit out the long pauses. Now, let's keep those in there so you can get the character of the band. I mm. wish I could do that in my life. <laughs> that would help me a lot. Did you, guys, did you guys ever see Zach Galifianakis's Between Two Ferns? Yeah. Yeah, this kind of feels a little awkward like that. <laughs> Um, We'd like to make it awkward. Well, first of all, Red Letter Hymnal, where's the name come from? Um, so, <laughs> the name is, uh, <laughs> it just means, uh, you remember the old Red Letter Bibles? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm old, yes, so I do remember. Old, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I had one as a kid. All the words of Jesus were in red, and um, a hymnal is just a collection of songs. And it's just really a reminder to us that like our focus is, um, we want to write songs, a collection of songs that are just based on Christ and point to Christ, so... That's really what we're about. So, red letter hymnal. Yep. Nice. Nick? <laughs> <laughs> now, over to you, Ditto. Nick. <laughs> Ditto. How many ways can you say that you agree? You, you know, the, you know the, the Barry Gibb skit with um, Justin yes. Timberlake? Yes. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> say something, Robin. Say something. Say something. Isn't, ah, it, cool. isn't it Jimmy Fallon Jimmy and Fallon Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake, right. yeah. Very cool. So, uh, so the set tonight included what? What did what did you play tonight? Well, uh, the first set's kind of a worship set, so we got to do um, some covers that people know because it's kind of hard to sing to songs that mm-hmm. are uh, 
you might not know as well. So uh, we did Good Good Father tonight. You did Good Good Father? Yep. Doesn't every worship band do Good I mean, Good Father? I think you have to at this point. Yeah, it's part of the contract. <laughs> it's in the contract. It's in the contract. That Nick's Red good? M&M's. Yeah. You never heard about the Good Good Father clause? Yeah. No, it's in there with the Red M&M's, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is actually our third year doing it. So um, we've, we've done the song Holy Spirit the past three years, and uh, we did Great Are You Lord tonight, and we did uh, a couple really upbeat songs, This Is Living Now and Alive by Hillsong Young and Free. And uh, we're about to do a performance set after the podcast. Nice. We have originals. Originals. You're doing all originals. Yes. <laughs> I think about that. We're still working out the we set. We might throw in Freebird if they want it. Freebird. I used to, when I was in college, I worked at a, a, a light rock radio station as a DJ. Yeah. And people, I worked the overnight ship. Uh, ship. Oh, man, I could edit that out. <laughs> uh, I worked the overnight shift. Thank you. <laughs> And uh, I, so I was 19 years old, and it was the late 80s. And uh, I would, yeah, I'm old. And uh, I would wear, I would get calls at like two in the morning when the bars let out, and people would just be like, "Hey, man!" They call up, be like, "Play some Freebird, man!" <laughs> like 2:30 in the morning. I'm like, uh, "We're a light rock station. We don't play what, Freebird." What's classified as light rock? Well, in the 80s. Well, like if I'm, it was like, like the I'm Bangles. Band, and, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm looking, you know, for a radio station to play our our track." Sorry, man. We only play light rock here. I'm like, oh, thank you, though. We'll go over to the hard rock station. Well, yeah, it depends on what in the 80s light rock was certain things. Was it like the degree of how big your hair was? No, it had nothing to do with your hair. Okay, well. It had to do with how much synthesizer you had in the, <laughs> in the music. I don't know. Jared, answer this. What, what do you think, Jared? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a, here's a funny fact is that... Um, Two of the members of Red Letter Hymnal here, I, I was actually their youth pastor. Yeah. So kind of crazy. Yep. So Nick, mm-hmm. I was your youth pastor, mm-hmm. and I was Brad's youth pastor, and then I was Brad's boss. I just can't get rid of Brad. I can't. I cannot get rid of him. And now Brad's my boss. No. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. Vicious cycle. Well, let's talk about. It. You just had a new album come out, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what is the? Uh, what's your favorite song on the new album? Let's go around. Nick, favorite song on the new album? Hate every single one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys are. You guys are amazing here. promoting yourself. I know Brad's amazing. here, but I got to talk about this now. So this, this might not be the right time. Um, <laughs> Come on, what's your favorite song? Probably uh, Reach for the Sky. Reach for the right. Sky. I think it's unique. Yeah. Hey, Reach for the Sky. I mean, you guys played a creation. Yeah. Uh, Reach yeah. for the Sky uh, was doing pretty well. It was it was on a, it made some airplay yeah. on a couple radio stations. Yeah, we had some national radio play on that and uh, it's been a great song for us and it's really just kind of opened up some doors. So. Okay. Reach for the Sky? I like Reach for the Sky as well. Reach for the Sky. It's fun to play live. I also like Reach for the Sky. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Again, amazing original people. You guys are amazing, We're amazingly original. What's that one song? This is, why Brad doesn't, this is why Brad doesn't give you a mic. <laughs> uh, my favorite, I actually like, there's a song called Love Like a Parachute. That's yeah. That's what it's called, right? Mm. Yeah. That's my favorite song. Love Like a Parachute. Yeah. What's that song about? It's about basically falling into sin and then God's love being like a parachute like the parachute you play yeah. like when you're little kids like yeah, you throw it, the, the parachute up and yeah, everybody runs underneath yeah, of it yeah it's it's a song just about god's love saving you from you know the the downfall of sin human condition so i thought it, yeah. and the melody is super gnarly as well so nice is it a good calvinist song 
I, I don't remember if that was during my Calvinist phase. Uh, I was a seven-point Calvinist at that point, and oh, okay. six and seven points being flannels and can, give you skinny jeans. Reason. Flannels and skinny jeans make them in the, in the tulip. Yep. Oh, nice. All right. Well, Brad, what's your favorite song on the a new album? Uh, the song that Jared's not on. What's that called? <laughs> uh, we were promised hoverboards. Oh, uh, that's because it, <laughs> that's an instrumental. That's Marty why, McFly. That's why I like it. Uh, no, I, I think my favorite's called "My Soul Longs for You." Uh, mm-hmm. It's just I, I don't know. It's just a really catchy melody that um, the lyrics are, are um, convicting and and helpful. Um, and so I think it's a good song that's that's uh, touched some people, and I like it. Cool, cool. Sounds good. So what's what's next for Red Letter Hymnal? What is Besides next? going home got, from here, I mean, we, we just play another set in like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. We got to play that set in like ten minutes. We got to play a um, set in like ten minutes. Yeah, we got some stuff uh, shows coming up in October, but really we're kind of in songwriting mode. Uh, Spencer's uh, pretty new to the band, and me and him have been doing some co-writing for the band. So we're uh, we've written some some pretty cool songs that we we think are going to be. Up and coming. Does Spencer uh, rap album, on it again? Does Jared he rap does. on it? Jared raps yeah, on it. Yeah, I've a lot of um, space. Yeah, I'm like a high, like Flavor Flav. Yeah. Basically the Christian Flavor Flav. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would literally download Jared rapping. <laughs> like, Just him. I, I, I'm serious. Just I would download that Max. multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I would. I'd pay at least eight, eight. 99 for that <laughs> well, Jared, well, I mean we have a microphone we can drop a beat Jared would you want to freestyle real no. quick oh he's no. he's laying too paid to freestyle <laughs> he's laying down the gauntlet man he is laying down the gauntlet some fresh beats no no Jared nope no Jared so Jared Jared we love you yeah we, we, we definitely can't afford Jared yeah uh, those of you listen to the podcast I actually did Jared's wedding it was one of the most awkward things I've ever been part of. Since Jared won't talk, let's talk about him. Favorite Jared moment on three. Jared's awesome. He did great. His wedding was so much fun. It was a blast. We had a great time. He's got a great wife. He lucked out. So, way to go, Jared. Good job, Jared. Good way to go. You, man, you managed to get a wife without even talking to her. <laughs> way to go. Way to go. No, she talks for both of you. She does. She's hey, awesome. Be careful what you say, man. Choose your words wisely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is being recorded. This is going to go on the interweb. So, um, you guys, you guys, uh, you guys have done uh, some youth conferences. You're doing mm-hmm. one tonight. You've done some like youth weekends and things like that. What has been the, what has been the thing you enjoyed the most about uh, doing those shows with teenagers? Um, I just what I what I like a lot is that um, a lot of times. Uh, so I lead at church on Sundays and. Um, the adults are pretty reserved, <laughs> which is you know, no. you know. <laughs> but uh, the the youth, man, they just go for it. They they're not uh, afraid to just really uh, praise the Lord and not care what people think. At, at least that's what we've kind of experienced a lot of just uh, a lot of energy, a lot of uh, really cool connection with them. And uh, you know, we we love leading adults as well. But uh, there's just something something special about you know that time in life, and it uh, that's really the time in life when I. Uh, got on fire for the Lord too and so it just helps me remember you know where I came from it helps me remember uh, what God's done in my life and it just connects me back to that point when I was 17 or 16 and first came to know the Lord so um, did all of you come to know Christ? I mean, I know you had a you two had a horrible youth pastor, but um, <laughs> yeah, it guys... actually pushed me away at that point in time. It was it was it was ironic. It was like, is this possible to work this way? 
It was my secret plan all along. <laughs> it's the only recorded case. <laughs> yeah. So did you all come did you all come to faith when you were teenagers or was that like later? Because you guys are all in like your what, thirties, twenties? I know you're not supposed to ask the band ages, but are you like twenties, thirties? Forty four years old. Forty four? <laughs> all of us. Nice. Did you come to did you come to Kevin, you haven't said anything. I was in second grade. Second grade? Yeah. You came to young. faith in second grade? He was a theological yeah. genius prodigy. <laughs> that, that's what I... His kindergarten teaching was Christ, Tim Keller. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, so. Tim Keller was your... Was your uh, yeah. Was your... Okay. It All was, right. It was during a Christian puppet show, Mark. Mm, <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a low <laughs> blow. <laughs> See, Brad knows they... that puppet shows changed my life. <laughs> Brad, you're such, such a low blow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Now that's on. Uh, how do that's getting edited. Change your life. Yeah, let's. let's you don't know the puppet story. No. You don't know the puppet story. Oh gosh! I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start weeping. Um, well, I went to this camp, and uh, uh, at this camp, there, there, I was there as a, a counselor, but I was, I was there really just to meet girls and and hang out, and um, which I usually did pretty well, and uh, and then anyway, I get a little plug in since I'm getting embarrassed as it is. So, so. Uh, so then I, um, then I, uh, it was like, there's been some things that happened in my life, and there was just this, um, there was a time, a night where the speaker was speaking, and he did a little puppet show, and then he spoke after it, and I was like, God was like hugely tugging on my heart, and I'm sitting there, I, I was a counselor for all these little kids, and I just had tears running down my face, and and the Lord was convicting me, and I went forward and gave my life to Christ. And uh, I just feel like now I look back and I go, oh, dear Lord, not puppets. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus is like, I'll use whatever I want to. And um, so I gave my life to Christ and I went, see, I'm a little choked up. I went forward to the altar, and uh, my I was crying. My kids are in my ca- cabin, are all like, "What's wrong with our counselor?" Like yeah. he's like having a breakdown. I was having a breakthrough. <laughs> <laughs> so that anyway, but puppets were involved. You're like, why did it have to be puppets, Lord? Why God. did it have to be? <laughs> it's like why did it have to be snakes? Like, <laughs> like Indiana Jones. Well, um, hey guys, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and. Uh, if you haven't heard of Red Letter Hymnal, you need to download their stuff on iTunes, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you can go to redletterhymnal.com. Yeah. Or they're on Facebook. And um, thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks for doing what you do. And thanks for taking your talents and giving them to the Lord and letting him use them however he sees fit. So um, glad to have you guys on. We'll have to get you on again since you're such great conversationalists <laughs> and have so much to say and so many very deep thoughts. Maybe um, like three podcasts <laughs> you can get the material for one. Yeah, right? this is only part one. We will come back with Tales from Jared. I would download that for eight. Eight ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, somewhere in there. So we're going to take you out with a red letter hymnal song. So check this out here on Post-Christian pastors. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. I was 16 on the run From the God who changed my heart My sins were deep, but love was catching me Would grip my heart and soul Forgiveness, hope, and truth I know Cause God would pour His mercy over me Oh, amazing grace